0: So I got a new car, got a new car, which warrants a story, got to, got to tell you the story. And so if we don't know each other, if you're new here, uh, that's not normal, by the way. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, the audio, so just pulled out uh, in a car. And so I, I have like my hobby, what I've done for the longest time is I buy and sell things. Okay, I've always done this, and so uh, that's just kind of like some guys crochet, some guys watch football. Do guys crochet? No, no guys crochet. Okay, so I buy and sell things, that's my hobby, right? And so I had this golf cart, true story, had a golf cart, had it on Craigslist, and uh, this guy reaches out and said, hey, I'll trade you for a Toyota Corolla. And I'm like, golf cart for a Toyota Corolla, sure, I'll take that trade. And so then I have the Toyota Corolla, and I sell it. And so then I take that cash, and I'm looking for, okay, where am I going to put that cash? Because this is kind of my, my side hustle, right? This is my pastor's side hustle. And so I'm looking for where I'm going to put that cash. I'm looking, for, looking at different things, and I see that. And I'm like, dude, got to have that, right? Gotta have it. And, and I'm talking to the guy, I'm like, I can't afford that though, right? It's not that. And he gives me the craziest deal, like, craziest deal that you could ever imagine. So here's what I'm feeling I'm like, okay, my, my heart has already moved that direction. Like, I gotta have it, right? And now, because of the deal, I'm thinking, hey, I've got limited time. Like, I gotta lock this up, right? And the reason I start there is because as we're moving through this fantasy series talking about finding real love in a fake world, last week we talked about the fantasy girl out of Proverbs 31. Tonight we're talking about the fantasy guy. I'm talking to the ladies. And, and what I think, are the ladies here? Did they show up? Do y'all want to do that again? Because last week, I'm going to be honest, I think the guys beat you last week. Did the ladies show up? They showed up they showed up (laughs) ladies here's something that I I think you do right I, I think you know what you're looking for I said about the guys last week I said you guys don't know what you're looking for ladies I think you know what you're looking for I think you do okay to your credit I think you know what you're looking for but when you see something that you really like it's all out the window okay like your heart is gone And you stop looking, you stop thinking, right? You stop thinking with your brain, you start thinking with your heart. And you, ladies are weird, like there's this thing about y'all, you're not weird, I love you guys, but here's the deal, this is weird about you. You're you're kind of competitive. I almost think you're more competitive than guys. (laughs) Yeah. And so, (laughs) it's like you think, I gotta lock him up before anybody can get to him, you know? Like nobody's gonna get this deal, you know what I'm saying? And so it's just you—you you start thinking like that, like, "Hey, I'm gonna... What, what, okay, there." You, and and you you begin to think because if I don't go here, what if nothing else comes along? And you begin to play these mental games. So I go to pick up the slingshot. So it's called a slingshot. Appropriately called the slingshot. And so I go to pick up this thing. Okay. And, I, and the day, like day one, check engine light comes on. And, and then, yeah, yeah, Craigslist. And then I'm driving, and it says brake failure. Yeah, I'm surprised it's still here. Brake failure. Uh, I was like praying for you guys in the front row. Was just... Lord, please make it stop. Uh So then I go and I'm calling places to, okay, here's the truth. This is not an overstatement. There's not a single place in Dallas, Texas that works on that. Not a single place, not one, okay? I eventually, after calling seven different dealerships, I find they refer me to a place in Irving that will work on it. And so then he says, he goes, here's the deal. He goes, here's the deal. I'm like, hey, the check engine light came on, this brake Can you give me an idea of what it's going to be to repair? And he goes, well, it could be $10,000. And I'm like, $10,000? Like, that's more than I pay. I, I can't, what are you, what, are you serious? Ten, it could be $10,000. And then he says this. He goes, you, you should have brought it in. We could have done one of our six-point checks, checkups. We, we could have done one of our inspections. We'd go through these, like, six points. We could have told you. I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so sorry. That's exactly what I should have. Why didn't I know that there's this place in Irving that works on slingshots, so I could bring it in for a six-point checkup? You know, I, what was I thinking, buddy? That's what I should have done, okay? And, and so I, I say that to you because, ladies, when your heart goes out the window, it's gone I think that you could back up by by not just being so moved by the way someone looks, so, uh, the way someone looks, or like some other things that you're attracted to, and you can begin to think, continue to think with your mind, and go through a six point checklist. In fact, I'm going to give it to you tonight. A six point checklist: six things. That you can inspect to see if he is God's man. We said last week, I I said my friend Daniel said this, that, that dating, right, is assessing the suitability of a possible spouse. That's what dating is. You're trying to figure out, hey, are they someone that I can be married to? Are they someone that I can spend the rest of my life with? And this is a very practical, very logical thing. You can just run through and think through these ideas. And so I'm going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 3 to talk about what you are looking for. But before I do, I want you to know we did a little bit of research for this message. We went to the State Fair of Texas. (laughs) And we asked ladies what they were looking for. All right. And so this is what they said. Watch this. Hey guys, Josh and Elaine out here at the State Fair, and we're here trying to figure out how people navigate life, love, relationships. Dating, their dream guy, their dream girl. Let's figure it out. Describe to me your dream guy. Probably like a nerd. I love nerds. They have to be like into like anime and comic books and... Sexy, he's rich, honest, and he's sweet, like a dog. You know how like if a dog sees somebody that they don't know, like Uh they're really mean, but they're really loyal to their, Uh yeah, I want him to be like my dog. Interesting and driven, but I don't know, it's also funny and like has the same long-term goals. There's not a dream guy, it's just like looks-wise or just like you have to have a good heart, that's number one. My dream look guy is not actually the guy I'm going to marry. Not that I don't think my fiance is attractive, I do. What do you mean by rich? say like 5 million and up. He doesn't have to have 5 million. Yeah. But I mean, you know, enough That's to be com- enough. comfortable, you know, yeah. like a job and income, I guess. Okay. The and bar is literally on the floor. Yeah, it is. We got some work to do. That's called job security right there. Young adult ministry job security, right? Okay, ladies, here's the deal. Here's what I want you to know. Us guys, we are really good about getting your heart involved so that you're not thinking with your mind. We're pros at it, okay? I'm letting you in a secret. Guys, I'm sorry to let this out right up top. I know some of you are like, why are you telling them? Why are you telling them? You got to know, ladies, okay? I have to. As a pastor, I got to let you know that we are pros. We've been training since the fifth grade about how to get your heart involved so that you're not thinking with your mind. You're not, you're not asking questions like, well, is he committed? Does he have integrity? Is he surrendered to the word of God? Does he, does he focus on these things? We don't want you asking those, okay? We just want to say whatever we need to say. We might sing to you, write poetry. We'll do crazy, stupid things just so that you're not thinking with your mind, so that you're thinking with your heart, so that you know, you like us because we want to be liked, just like you guys want to be liked. the guys that are pursuing you and want your attention, they also want to be liked and so I really my heart tonight is I really want to help you because i'm it's hard for me to have the same conversation over and over and over where, where you're here and you're meeting with one of my female counterparts up here at Watermark, and, and you're crying, your mascara's all run down your face, and, and you're saying, but everybody thought he was a good guy. And I see it all the time. Like, just in case, I risk some of you thinking I'm talking about you. I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about hundreds of you. But everyone thought he was a good my, everybody thought he was a good guy, and I hate that. I, I really do. And so I, my heart is to help you find out early on, before your heart gets engaged, If he is God's man, because your method, it's not working. I'm going to give you some stats. These stats are not your fault. You need to know that up front, but I think I can help you avoid them. Nearly half, 43% of all college women report having experienced either abuse or controlling behaviors in a dating relationship. Nearly half. 45.4% of female rape victims were raped by an intimate partner. That's, that's a high number. Intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crimes. One in four women have been victims of severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. And that is some serious stats. And, and just that, that you would potentially be in a relationship with a guy who might hurt you. That's something we have to address. Again, it's not your fault, not your fault at all. But I think as we dive into the word of God, I think he can help us. And and he he can help you where the next guy that you would go on a second date with would be your forever guy the one that you're gonna spend forever with. I think we can get there tonight. So I'm gonna give you a six-point checklist, six things to inspect. This chapter, 1 Timothy 3, this is the chapter of what God says, this is what I want the leader of my bride to look like. So this is a chapter on elders. When you hear the word elder, it doesn't mean like old person. It means church leader. Pastor and shepherd, it's the same word in the Greek that's used. When you hear the word elder, don't think like like elderly. Think uh, wise leader of the church. And so this is a great list for you to look at. Uh, We're going to boil it down to six things. It's a lot of things, though. It's very... Uh, circular he repeats himself different ideas different words that mean the same thing so we're going to boil it down to six things to look at but I'm just going to read this to you up front this is what God says hey if someone's going to lead my bride which is the church if you're new to the church God calls his bride Jesus's bride the church if someone's going to lead my bride this is the character traits that they need to have so listen carefully Here's a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Men, if you're here in your mail, if you're listening in your mail, right, you should desire to be an elder. That's a noble task. You want to meet these qualifications, Now, the overseer or the elder or the pastor or the shepherd is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church, Jesus' bride? If he can't take care of his own bride, how can he take care of Jesus' bride? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. So let's take that long list of things. And let's boil it down to six things that you can inspect in a potential husband, all right? The first one, you can inspect his commitments. Number one, inspect his commitments. What's he committed to? What does he give his life to? It's okay, like if he loves his alma mater or he loves the Cowboys, that's fine. That's great that he's a Cowboys fan. If he loves the Cowboys more than he loves anything, that's going to be problematic, right? And so also, what are the commitments that he's made and kept, Is he committed to his church? After all, we're talking about church leadership here. Is he under the authority of the elders? Like this is not mind-blowing stuff. It's very simple things to inspect. The bar is not that high. Hey, I want a guy, number one, who is under the authority of elders. He's a member of a local body. That is basic 101. That's gonna save you a lot of hurt and heartache. Is he committed to a community group, a small group? Can I tell you something? My guys that I meet with every Friday, they are the biggest blessing to my wife, she would tell you. Like, they are a layer of protection between her and my flesh. They are a safety net. They are a a number that she can call and say, hey, will you pray for JP in this way? Will you check in here? Hey, here's an area where we disagree. One of the most loving things that she can do for me is tell on me to those guys. She has absolute freedom. I've told her over and over, hey, you reach out to those guys anytime. If you see me out of bounds or doing something foolish, please bring them in. And so is he committed to community, every week, every Tuesday night, we try to help you. Hey, there's a room over here. There's a room over here. Guys go here. Girls go here. If you're looking for community, how many times have you heard that and not responded is he committed to the covenant of marriage? It says in verse two, now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife. Is he committed to the covenant of marriage? Like, does he believe that marriage is a covenant, that, that sex is reserved for marriage, that it's a very important, it's more than a commitment to God, it's a covenant before God? I, I get to do weddings. Monica and I get to do premarital counseling. And when you or at your wedding, you're gonna say some crazy things to each other, okay? People say, for richer or poorer in sickness and in health, and to death do us part. And so I ask this question, and it's always a little bit awkward. I just say, hey, let me ask you a question. Is there anything that you would leave her for no, nothing, I love her, nothing. Nothing could cause me to question my love for her. Anything, no. Okay, if she cheats on you repeatedly with your best friend, you, you still in on this commitment, this till death do us part? Well, she would never do that. I know, I know, you, she, she's a good person. Well, Here's what I believe about people. Their heart is wicked and deceitful. They're sinners. We're capable of all sorts of evil. And so as I'm going to stand before God and, and join in this promise with you guys, I'm asking, what are you going to leave her for? Okay, because I, I need to know that. I don't want you to say until death do us part unless you mean it. Like if you're thinking, no, 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 if she cheats on me repeatedly with my best friend and won't stop, like I get an out. Well, cool, that's great that you think that. Let's just write that in the vows. For richer or poorer, sickness and health, until death do us part, unless she cheats on me repeatedly with my best friend. Okay, I'm just gonna write that in there so we keep it honest, okay? We gotta keep it honest, right? Let's say what we mean and mean what we say because it's a really serious commitment. That's why I say that. It's a really serious commitment. And so let's not promise it unless we mean it. People email me all the time and you know, girls will write in and they'll say, you know, my, my boyfriend cheated on me, what do I do? Let me, let me answer that, okay? Let me answer that, you're not gonna like my answer. No one ever does, no one's ever responded like, oh, I love that answer, it's so helpful. <laughs> you, you break up, that's what you do. And you say, well, where's the grace in that? You, you show grace when they're married, okay? You're not married, that's the good news. Remember what dating is? You're assessing if they're a suitable spouse. And if they're cheating on you, they're, they're saying something. They're saying, guess what? I'm not a suitable spouse. I'm not marriage material. I like to cheat. Maybe it was a one time. I drank too much. We were on a break. I don't know. Okay? <laughs> but, but I would take that as a red flag. Like, like, ladies, I don't know, man. I hate this for you. I don't know. Like, you don't understand the princess that you are. You don't understand. Like, I don't think you were ever like, oh, he broke He cheated on me. I just don't know what to do. Like, man, I, I, I can tell you what to do. Like, let him go. Let him, you know, it, don't, don't even date guys that might cheat on you. Like, if that's in the realm of the possibility, they're, they're not marriage material. God is, is telling you something very lovingly. And so often, the reason that you don't want to is because you feel guilty because you know he's already been cheating on his wife with you. What I mean his wife is, is not the one he's met yet, but the one that he will marry. What I mean is you guys have been physical, and so a lot of times you feel stuck and trapped. And I don't know why, ladies, you feel bad. Like, well, he, he needs to experience release, so I understand, and you, like, extend grace. That's always a little dip, odd to me. All right? he, he can make war on your behalf, or he can marry you. So another thing to check, six-point checklist, is his humility. Check his humility. It says, he must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited, which is the opposite of humility, and fall under the same judgment as the devil. Here's what that means, fall under the same judgment as the devil. Lucifer or Satan or the devil, all the same, okay, he was an angel. He was with God. It says, the most beautiful angel in the Scripture, and he was made, he's a created being, to reflect God's glory. But one day he said, hey, I don't wanna worship you as God, I wanna be like God. And God said, hey, you, wanna, you think you can be like me? Then you go down there to that planet Earth all right, And you will run this cosmic experience, experiment. Let's see how good of a God you are. And so it says in the scripture, he's the prince of this air. He's the ruler of this world. We kind of live in this cosmic supernatural experiment. Are we going to follow the ways of Satan? Are we going to follow the ways of God? And, and God says, Satan was conceited. That's why he did that. And so you don't want to date a guy who's like Satan or who is conceited. Is he a here I am guy? Or is he a there you Our guy. What I mean by that is he about himself, thinking about himself, or when he engages with your family and your friends, is he like, oh, tell me about it. So where are you from? Oh, that's so interesting. Like whoever drives that, they're a here I am guy, okay? Now before you judge me, it's for sale, all right? So if if one of you are a here I am guy, I got you, all right? Uh, And and so, right? You don't want a here I am guy. You want to, oh, there you are guy. Let me turn my attention to you, and not just you, because he's dating. I mean, he's interviewing for the job, but how he treats other people—you can look at that and you can see his humility. It says not quarrelsome. You know, quarrels come from pride. That's verse three. Gentleness comes from humility. Ladies, I don't, I don't, I don't understand, ladies. Why are you attracted to arrogant jerks? Amen. Why, though? I don't, I don't understand. Like, man, I just remember, like, that dude I went to high school with, like, just because he could throw a football, you know, 100 yards, and he'd walk through the hallway with his chest out, and he drove that obnoxious red car. He always dated the head cheerleader. So cocky. But he always had a girlfriend, the sweet girlfriend, the nice girlfriend, that, that he was always messing around. I don't understand. I, I know, ladies, that you like confidence. Please don't mistake conceit for confidence being conceited is like counterfeit confidence confidence is like rooted in the holy spirit trusting in god believing that god's in control conceited is rooted in your own abilities thinking that you're all that that dude will hurt you and so i think humility is one of the most important qualities to look for in a man is he teachable does he have someone else pouring into him The third thing to inspect is his reputation. That's the big one. Inspect his reputation. It says in verse seven, he must also have a good reputation. And so what do other people think about him? I I think this is the one that you're quick to blow off when your heart has already moved that direction. I've seen this before. Like your family and your friends are saying, hey, he's not a good guy. He's not a good guy. But here's what you say, ladies, because I've heard it. But I really know him y'all don't know him like I know him. All of you people who've been in his life, his entire life, and some of you, even his sister who was raised with him in the same, y'all don't know him like I know him. He's like a dog, he's mean to other people, but he's nice to me. (laughs) What does that mean, what does that mean? He has a good reputation with outsiders. Is he respected? Your children are going to have to respect him because he's not just interviewing for the position of husband. He's also interviewing for the position of a dad, of a father. And so it says he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. And so will he be a good dad? Does he love kids, Right. Does he enjoy kids? That's, that's important. Or is he going to be like, hey, we can get married and like for 10 years we'll travel and then maybe one day we'll have kids? I, I know your expectations aligned there. I, I told you I buy and sell things. One time I bought a stolen car. I didn't know it was stolen. I mean, the dude had the title and everything. I know I should give up on this hobby. I know what you're thinking. Dude had a title and everything. I met him here at a church. Like, we drove around town. We went to the bank together. Like, I was sharing the gospel. We were talking about Jesus, this guy. He showed me a fake ID. He had the title in his hand. He sold me the car. I gave him cash, right? I'm a fool. I know. And, and, and then DPS shows up, and they, like, take the car from me. They're like, oh, this car is stolen. You can't have it. It's ours now. I'm like, oh, man, this, this is, like, this isn't good. And so, and so now... Right now, what I do is I check Carfax because it shows me the vehicle's history. It shows me its reputation. Right? Ladies, check references. Check references. Like talk to people who know him. Hopefully you're dating in the church and he's in community and other people know him. And I mean, interview his ex-girlfriend if you wanna know how he really is. Like, it's funny that people are like, that's crazy. I would never do that. I would do that if I were you, you know? Now, now here's what happened is, is guys just lost a little hope. They're like, oh, man, but I've, I really messed up. You know, I really messed up. No, no, here's the deal. There, there is grace, though. There is grace. Like, let me go back to my car analogy. My, for my wife, I bought this car that had a salvage title. Here's what that means. It had been in a really, really bad accident. Like, really bad accident. Like, it, like they thought, the insurance company thought it couldn't be repaired, but then somebody repaired it. And and that keeps a lot of people away, like nobody wants the car that's been in a bad accident. Except for, here's what I did, when I pulled Carfax, I saw that it had been three and a half years since that accident, and it ran perfect. And that told me something, that told me that it was fixed. That it had been fixed well. And so guys, man, just because he served time doesn't mean he won't be a good husband. I mean that. Like just because he's made some really tragic mistakes doesn't mean he won't be a good husband but you want to see a track record of faithfulness. You want to see a history of faithfulness, a season of faithfulness. Six months probably isn't long enough. Like if you like him in six months and you see six months ago, there was a huge wreck in his life, some addiction, something terrible. You say, hey, I'm interested in you, but I'd love to see a little bit longer track record of faithfulness. Let's give this some time. Time is our friend, all right? right. It's interesting that that guy that sold me that stolen car, he tricked me. He was playing a game. I mean, he showed me a fake ID. He he said all of the right things. I I fell victim to his charm, which the Bible says is deceitful. Right? It's Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceitful. And so ladies, if he's interviewing for the job, like he may be saying crazy stuff to you, singing songs to you and writing poems to you and drawing you pictures, sending you text messages, but he may be st- selling you a stolen car. So check his references. My, the fourth thing I would inspect is his initiative, his initiative. Does he have some drive? Is he passionate about life? Does he have some passion in him? Like, he's, like when the going gets hard, is he going to get going, right? Get off the couch and make some things happen, right? This verse is about leadership. That's what this verse is about. He must manage his family well. To manage his family well, it's going to take some drive. And so girls ask me all the time, well, hey, hey is it, can a girl ask a guy out? Is it okay? Can a girl ask guys out? I mean, I guess. Like, I don't think it'll keep you out of heaven or anything. I don't, what do you mean, can you? I, I don't know. <laughs> can you? I, I, I mean, do I think it's God's best? No, I don't think it's God's best. Right? Why? Why don't I think it's God's best? Because he's failing the first test. Initiative. Like, what better test to display initiative is for him to risk a yes or a no by asking you a question? Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how scary that is for us guys. It's terrifying, ladies, to go up to you and to look you in the eyes and to use our words and to say, well, will you go out with me, you know. I'd like to go on a date with you. That's a terrifying thing because, ladies, you are scary. Like, you got earrings and fingernails and stuff. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's really scary. I'm serious. I'm serious, right? But when a guy does that, You you know, man, this guy, like he likes me enough to be vulnerable enough to do something that's hard. Hey, guys, listen. Listen to me. Men, you got to do hard things for the rest of your life, okay? For the rest of your life, you're going to have to do some really hard things. And so it is hard to ask her out. I, I completely empathize with that but do it. People, you know, men will ask, well, what does it mean to lead in dating? Having initiative, taking initiative, planning, communicating clearly. This is what it means to lead in dating, leading in purity. Um, Guys, I've said this over and over for years now, and I want to help you men. Girls wonder, all right? They wonder about everything. They wonder if you're gonna text them or call them if there's going to be a date number two and they wonder where you're gonna take them and they wonder if you like them and what you think about them and they wonder if you like their perfume or if you like their shirt. They wonder if you're on a date or if you're just friends and it's a friendationship, like where is it going? They wonder about these things. And then let me tell you something, leaders, you can write this down, tweet it out, share it with the world, leaders remove confusion. You want to know what it means to lead and that You can clap. You can clap for that. Ladies, guys, they're they're clapping because you're not doing this. (laughs) Leaders remove confusion. All right? So anticipate the confusion and remove it with your words. Address it. Be intentional. Say, hey, this is where this is going. And ladies, he doesn't need to be rich. You need to know that. They're like, oh, he... You know, you got to be rich. He doesn't need to be rich. He needs to take initiative, to, to be able to look for a job, you know, and to be gainfully employed, to honor Christ and how he works. Let me tell you more about this on this one. Number five, he, he, you can inspect his self-control. Number five, inspect his self-control. It says in verse three, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. It's interesting that some of the ladies are like, I want someone who who has a lot of money. People who have a lot of money tend to love money. So be careful with that because it says you don't want someone who loves money, all right? So it's not about him having a lot of money. It's about him being able to work hard to provide for you. That's a a part of it, right? And so let's just talk about what this verse says to inspect. It says a few things here. I'm going to give you three A's after the not loving money. It says... Uh, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle and not quarrelsome, and so it's not so you can inspect alcohol, anger, and adultery under self-control. Alcohol, anger, and adultery. Alcohol are, are they sober-minded? Right? If if you go on that first date and he has he throws back three mambo taxis, right? That this is a red flag. This ain't your dude, man. Like move on. Like this is not your guy. If you've seen him drunk. Like, y'all have been on, you've seen him intoxicated. Here's what he's saying I'm not scared of you, God. I know your word says, uh, don't get drunk, but I'm gonna do what I want, okay? And, and ladies, like some of you, you don't care if he gets drunk because you get drunk, and you know it. And I, man, I just, hey, I would just reconsider. I reconsider, all right? There's a God, He loves you, He's given you some instructions. Not to rip you off, but to set you free, all right? Is he angry? It says, gentle, not violent, not quarrelsome. Is he given a rage when things don't go his way? This is a big red flag. If he's yelling at you. He's throwing stuff. If he puts his hands on you, you run. You delete the number. You block it. Restraining order, like never again. Like there's no second chance on that in dating, no second chance in dating. All right, that, that's, that's a single issue disqualifier. Like we talked about in voting last week, the real truth real quick. That's a single issue disqualifier. All right. We um, was a girl and a guy. who we were about to get married. And right before the wedding, we had heard some things that, that he had an abusive history And so, I mean, right before the wedding, like days before, we reached out to her. I said, hey, like, did you know this? She was like, hey, I didn't know that, but I don't even know if it's true. I I think I know the real him. And we're like, hey, we we really think that you should delay this wedding, at least to to do a little bit more research here. So angry. Like, gave the church the double bird. Hey, I don't want to talk to you guys anymore like get out of our business you don't understand you're just not for us you know they go somewhere else they get married they go on the honeymoon they come back he throws her down a flight of stairs breaks both of her legs and we're there to pick up the pieces it's not it's not I told you so time that's not what this is about it's about hey as you check that reputation you want to make sure that he doesn't give full vent to his anger because that's not God's man. That dude's gonna discipline your children. All right? Be wise in the way that you think about that. It says he's temperate, verse two. That he's marked by self-restraint and discipline, right? Like, like not laziness and drunkenness or indulging his flesh. Right, uh, this, this is the, the last A is adultery. I get this email all the time. Hey, my boyfriend's looking at porn. What do I do? Let me tell you how I interpret that as a former porn addict. If we don't know each other, there's not a lot of judgment here. I've looked at more porn than any of you. That's the truth. All right? That's who's talking to you right now. But I found freedom and sobriety from that struggle by God's grace. And so when you say, hey, my boyfriend's looking at porn, what do I do? Here's what I read. My boyfriend's cheating on me repeatedly, what do I do? And my answer is the same. You break up and you let him get well. You let him get well. And I know you hate that answer. You're like, no, it's gotta be something, there's no grace in that. Yes, you let him get well, that's, that's what grace is. Let him heal, say, hey, I want you to go through a recovery program because this is messing you up. You're not just cheating on me sexually. An addiction to porn is not an addiction to sex. An addiction to porn is an addiction to variety. That man will never be satisfied in a monogamous relationship. It will never happen. He's programmed his brain for a variety type of girls all the time. Hundreds and hundreds of images. I know it is incredibly hurtful, and I know it is incredibly difficult because you think, man, if I let him go, will somebody else come around? That's where you get to trust God. That's what faith is. All right. As my friend has said it very well up here. You do not lower your standards, you lengthen your patience. You do not lower your standards, you lengthen your patience. Well, how long, how long do I gotta be patient? I don't know, that's the truth. I have no idea, but I know you're better off single than married to a porn addict, I believe that. Now, of course, if you're married or you're in that relationship, my instruction looks different because now two have become one flesh. And the recovery looks different, but he still needs to get well. It blows my mind. Je- Jennifer Lawrence said this about when, when some naked pictures that she had texted her boyfriends, you know, leaked. She said, I was in a loving, healthy, great relationship for four years. It was long distance, and either your boyfriend is going to look at porn or he's going to look at you. And I think Jennifer needs Christ first. I think she needs to come to the porch and girls, can I just say this real quick? Public service announcement, all right? Like, we just got real talk real quick. And guys, for you too, I mean, this, is, this might serve you really well. If you leave with nothing else but Jesus and this, it will be helpful. The internet is not safe. All right, I know you thought that, <laughs> that connection between your cell phone and his cell phone was so secure. And I know he promised you he wasn't going to show those pictures to anyone. But people do weird things when they get hurt. And a lot of times in relationships, they get hurt. And so if you send him any pictures of you, you just assume the whole world is going to see that. Don't do it. Don't do it. I I would tell Jennifer that there's a lot of guys that aren't looking at porn or touching their girlfriends or touching themselves for that matter. I remember when I came to Watermark, like, for the first time, like, straight out of the world, right, straight out of Uptown, and, I'm, and I get plugged into this small group, and they're going around, like, prayer requests, and one guy's like, hey, I got something to celebrate. And I'm like, what? You know, we're like, what? What is it? And he goes, I haven't masturbated in three years. And I was like, dude, and you're still alive? Like, <laughs> like is that even possible? I didn't even know that was, that was possible. And, like, and just in case you didn't laugh just then because you, you're, like, he was still alive. It, 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 is, it is possible. You can wage war like that. Like, you don't have to just embrace sexual immorality because it's the norm around you. Like, you literally can wage war here, all right? Let me, let me tell you what the, the Scripture says. First Thessalonians chapter 4, it says that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. And then this is a terrifying verse. This is a great Halloween verse right here. It, it really is scary because it says the Lord will punish all those who commit such sins. As we told you and warned you before, uh, another version says the Lord is the avenger of such things. And so, ladies, one way to know if he is self-controlled, it's that he's not trying to put his hand up your shirt or down your pants. Okay? He's he's restraining his fleshly desire because he honors the marriage covenant. That guy is leading you, ladies, very, very well. So please don't be like, oh, he must not be attracted to me because he's not very physical. No, he's, he's waging war he's he's in the battle okay like respect that as much as you can like honor that say thank you for the way that you respect my body and the way that you you are waging war to make it to marriage that's a beautiful thing the last thing that you that you inspect is his truth what does he see as as truth It says, they must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. That's verse 9. It says in verse 2, now the overseer is to be above reproach and able to teach. Able to teach what? To teach the Bible that he's been poured into, that he has the, the word of God written on his heart. Hey, it's been, well, we're talking about cars, and it's been said about guys. Like one of the reputations men have is that we don't like to ask for directions, Okay, What I would tell you is don't date a guy that's not constantly asking him for direction. Where should I go? What should I do? How should I think? How should I treat her? Where should I look? What am I committed to? But he, he's constantly asking for direction. And so I would ask you, what determines his truth? Is it convenience? Ha- has he built his life on the word of God? Is that his firm foundation? Does he demonstrate to the world integrity, that he's surrendered to the Holy Spirit, that he's trustworthy? Does he do the right thing? Like, this is so simple. Sometimes I really think that if you've trusted in Christ, like, and as you pursue and worship him, life can be as simple as do the right thing. Faced with a choice, there's this and there's this. Just do the right thing. It says about David, That he was a man after God's own heart. And in Acts 13, I think it's verse 22, God clarifies, here's what I meant when I said David was a man after my heart. He did everything I asked him to do. He was fully surrendered to my word. That's what it looks like to be a man after God's heart. You do everything God asks you to do. Let me tell you something. There's this guy that I've been in community with for 14 years. 14 years we ran together. He and I are very different. Couldn't be more different. Like, we think with two different sides of the brain. And I will tell you, I told him the other day. I said, hey, I want you to know something. I trust you more than I trust any other single human being other than my wife. And the reason is, is because I've seen this brother... Make really hard decisions. He does the right thing even when it's hard. He has the conversations. He doesn't gossip. He follows the law even when it's hard. Even when he wouldn't get caught, he just does the right thing. And I asked him if I could share that. And so his wife called me this morning. He says, hey, before you tell thousands of people that about my husband, you tell them, hey, that's why I married him. Because I saw that in his life. I saw that no matter how difficult it was, that he did the right thing. And so you need someone who holds on to truth and he lives by it. Because I, I don't know. I, I get confused why you like bad boys. Let me ask you, like, let me just ask you, girls, ladies, I'm asking. Do y'all like bad boys? Like bad guys? Y'all like them? Yeah, Harley Davidson. Like, like I'll, I'll, I'm going to use that. I'll, I'll go off that, okay? I, I mean, true story. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm driving this thing yesterday. I'm about to pull out on the road. Two girls whip around, like in the parking lot, pull around, pull up beside me, roll down their window. And say, hey, baby, can we get a ride? <laughs> now, let me tell you something. I'm a middle-aged man with three kids. Like, I understand <laughs> that they are not attracted to me. You know, but, but if, if you can put off a bad boy persona, it seems like you guys are attracted to that. And God doesn't say be attracted to Harley Davidson's. All right? He, he gives you other things to be attracted to. He says, hey, I want you to look at this list. This is what I want you to follow. This is what you're after. So let me ask you again, ladies, do you like bad guys? It, it seems to me like you do. Right, let, me, let, me, let me show you. you know who this is right here? Y'all know who that is? That's Nicholas Cruz. All right, he walked into a school in Parkland, Florida, and killed 17 people. He shot them dead. He goes into jail. He goes to jail. He's waiting to be tried. And he starts getting an influx of love letters. I'll read to you. This is what they say. Longtime Bower County public defender, Howard said he's never seen a defendant get so many letters, not even close, hundreds of letters sent to him of those made public by the Bower County Sheriff's Office. There wasn't one letter that criticized the confessed killer. No, they asked if, if he could have, or if they could have his baby. They sent him seductive pictures of themselves. Who were the letters from? Girls. Hey, I know you killed 17 people, but I find you attractive attractive, and you're right. It's dysfunctional. You're you're right. Here's what every lady thinks, like, yeah, but not, like, that's crazy that he would get a lot of, that's crazy, but consider this, ladies. How many times have you been in a relationship with a guy that you knew was going to hurt you? How many times have you dated someone when you knew he was not good for you? How many times have you gone back to someone who broke your heart and hurt you? As you, I would never do that with that guy. And yet we practice it in these small microcosms. We think, yeah, there is a part of me. I think Satan delights in the reality that you find something rebellious, attractive. And what it's doing is, is, is you're like, well, there's no guys, there's no good guys out there. No, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm looking out here and there are some good guys in the room. There are some good guys in the room that are doing the right things, that are following God, that are seeking to surrender to God. I I just want to end by saying you're a princess. You're a daughter to the king. And it seems like, and ladies, I I don't mean to be hard on you. I, I really, my heart is to help you. But in that competitive spirit, like it, it seems that you're attracted to guys in relationships. That's always confused me too. Like before I was in a relationship with Christ, I can remember like being out in the scene and, and you know, talking with a girl and it going places where it goes in the world and, and me just saying, Hey, I have a girlfriend. And her just saying, Hey, I don't care. And so we would use each other. And we would have fun. And so I'm going to end really controversial. I'm going to end by saying something really crazy. Ladies, you might look for a guy who's in a relationship. Like, well, just think about it. Because you can observe these things, right? If he's in a relationship, you can, you can look at his commitments. In summary, if he's in a relationship, you can look at his humility. If he's in a relationship, you can, you can kind of see his reputation. If he's in a relationship, you can see if he initiates, if he takes initiative. If he's in a relationship, you can see if he's self-controlled. If he's in a relationship, you can see what truth he's surrendered to. And so I want you to find a guy who is in a relationship. And no, I'm not talking about a relationship with another girl. I'm talking about a relationship with Christ. That he would be surrendered to Jesus. It's interesting when that guy brought this thing over. He, he drove it over to my house. It's like, man, I don't know, I'm going to drive it with the check engine light on, you know. And he brings it over. And my kids are going crazy. They're like, Daddy, what? Can we keep it? I'm like, no. <laughs> and they love it. And, he, and I should have known at this point the deal was done. I should have known. He, he goes, yeah, for me, I just think of it like a jet ski. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, it's kind of fun for the weekend, but then you're over it. And I thought about that. I was like, yeah. That's kind of how it works when you make a decision based on how something is on the outside. Right? It's not very functional. You can't take passengers or carry cargo or do anything. Like, it's not a very functional. There's only, in fact, there's only one reason you would buy that car, because you're looking for a good time. You're looking for a fun experience. Ladies, some of you, some of you aren't looking for a husband. You're looking for an adventure. And I would really challenge you on that, to seek out a husband. In fact, as I was thinking about that, I thought about my truck. My truck is 13 years old. It's got 100,000 miles on it. It's been faithful to me. When I turn the key, it starts. It's the base model. It didn't have power locks or power windows or power seats. It didn't have anything. You know what's sexy about my truck? Nothing. (laughs) You get inside, it kind of stinks a little bit. It smells like a boy's lived in it for 13 years, right? But it's, it's never been in the shop. It just works. It just runs. And so ladies, what if instead of sexy, you looked for surrender to Christ? Instead of sexy, you you held out for surrender to Christ. Because is Christ not the perfect example of this? Like, Christ was committed. The scripture says about him that he was humble. His reputation, we still read about it 2,000 years later, that he saved those who trusted in him. He took initiative, he went first. He says, For the joy set before him, he died for your sins. He was controlled by the Holy Spirit. He said he was tempted in every way but never sinned. He was self-controlled. And he was the truth, the word of God in the flesh. That is who we follow. And so ladies, you're looking for someone who follows him, someone who is in a committed relationship with him. If you have that, those other things they'll follow suit. This is the gold standard. All of those things, that they may ebb and flow. It may be in different degrees, but if he's fully surrendered to Christ, he's going to be a great husband. He's going to be a great father. Let me pray you'd find that. Father, we thank you for the example of your son, Jesus. We thank you for what you did for us through him. I pray for my female friends in the room. God, they're scared. They don't want to be single forever. Lord, it's easy. The enemy tempts us to think that you've forgotten about us. That you don't have a plan for us. Father, would you remind them that you love them and you do have a plan for them? That first and foremost, you desire for them to be married to you. And then, Lord, I pray out of this group that you would raise up men, real men, confident in your Holy Spirit, surrendered to your Holy Spirit, who would engage women that are surrendered to your Holy Spirit, and that they would get married and have children. Your kingdom would be advanced through that. Father, would you change, would you tune our hearts in the list that we're looking for? Whether she's tall or blonde or brunette or whether he's a doctor or lawyer or, you know, built that we would tune it to. Are they surrendered to Christ? Would you make that enough for us, please? Even as we worship you now. In Jesus' name, amen.